Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Off The Mess. Today is a solo episode, so you're just getting me, myself, and I. I know, it's devastating, heartbreaking, Um, but I am your host, Samantha Bush. I forgot to say that in the very beginning, but here I am. Um, I felt like I wanted it to just, you know, be you and I today, just back to basics, because I feel like the episodes this week have been so incredible, both Real Houses of Atlanta and Beverly Hills. Um, And before I get into the recaps, I do just want to talk about a little bit of what's been going on in the headlines this week when it comes to Bravo. First, super exciting. Bravo just released the schedule for BravoCon that is taking place uh, the weekend of October 14th, 15th, and 16th. And I can't wait. I will be there with bells on. No Sherbert sweater in fucking sight. Now, If you listen to this podcast, you're probably familiar with the famed Sherbert sweater that I still have folded up in the back of my closet collecting dust. I wish fucking moths would like gnaw holes in it so I would never have to see this thing again. But unfortunately, there it is. And I can't I can't get rid of it. I don't know. It's like this very complicated relationship I have with the sweater. So if you're unfamiliar with the sweater, let me just fill you in. It's this heinous orange, yellow and pink like ombre. (laughs) knitted sweater and if you know me personally you know I don't really wear bright colors like I'm I wear a lot of navy black white I you know I love a Nene Leakes uniform which is just a white tee I rock it almost every single day um I love a tan like I, I wear a lot of like subtle colors like I'll wear like a light sage or like a light blue or a light pink or like rich fall colors but you never will see me in like a yellow or like a like a bright pink. I'm never really ever. I don't think I own anything red to be honest. Like it's just not for me. I have a super pink undertone to my skin so it just like doesn't look good. And I don't know what possessed me in the year of 2019 when I was buying clothes to wear to Bravo that I decided to buy this sweater. 
And I have, you know, a little bit of resentment building towards my good friend, Steve, who runs Faces by Bravo because him and I were rooming together that trip. And this man let me walk out the door in that fucking sweater. And that was the day. It was like the longest day we were there. It was like on, on a Saturday. So it was like, there was a lot of things going on. We were on Sirius that day. Like we got to meet a lot of housewives. It was like very busy. It was the day I wore this heinous <sighs> jumper. And there are pictures of me standing next to Dolores, standing next to like, like be- these beautiful housewives. And I'm in this saggy, orange monstrosity. And it's really so ugly. I really don't know what came over me. I don't know why I wore it. It's so a not me. Um, but I, people bring it up a lot on my Instagram. They'll DM me. You know, I, I was given a water bottle because I started taking pure bark or yeah, bar classes at barcode. Um, and they gave me this really cute water bottle. <laughs> and she said, she was like, I was nervous to give it to you because like it kind of looks like the Sherbert sweater. And I was like, I didn't even think about that, but thank you. Um, so anyway, and what I love about this schedule, let's just get back on track here. Um, what I love about this schedule so much when I was looking at it, what made it so different than the last BravoCon was like, and mind you, this is not an ad. I just have to clarify that too. Um, I'm just really excited. Is that there's a ton of different panels. So before it was really like mainly just the shows. They were like the big headliners. So it was like you would see the New Jersey girls, or you would see the Atlanta girls or the Beverly Hills girls. And it was like you could maybe go see like this, like Melissa Gorga and Giselle Bryant talking. You know what I mean? It like it it was very different now. I mean, they look the lineups look so fun. I can't wait to see them all like interact with each other because it's it's not just housewives on the stage. It's like Southern Charm people, Summer House people. Like it's it's going to be incredible. And I think that Bravo is going to do a really amazing job. I I was so impressed last time because they really were so thoughtful in like the little activities they did. They kind of they took like a really big space and they made it feel really cozy and intimate. And like they set up like a lot of different experiences. So one of them being they did like a mini watch what happens live stage or um, set where you could like go in and like sit in the chairs like Andy and a guest or they did, you know, Han Vanderpump rules. They do the spinning thing in the beginning with their drinks like during the intro song. And it's like you could do that too and like get a copy of like your own intro. And I just thought that that was super fun. So I'm really excited to see, um, you know, what they have going on because there's, there's going to be so much. Um, anyway, so there's that. So definitely they still have tickets on sale. So go to their website, bravo tv.com and get your tickets and it's going to be amazing. And I can't wait to see everybody there. Um, also in other Bravo news, Jennifer Lawrence was in, um, she's doing like a press tour. She's coming back. I'm actually really excited about her being back in, you know, the limelight, if you will, because she did kind of take a break. I think for a while she was like very, very oversaturated and was fell prey to the whole cool girl shtick that a lot of celebs like to do where, really bothered me this week at the Emmys. Um, a lot of, a lot of the stars were like, 
oh, I'd much rather be home in bed with pizza. It's like, no, you fucking wouldn't. You're nominated for an Emmy. Shut the fuck up. Like, I hate that stuff. Like, just be yourself. Be excited you're there. You know, be into the fact that you're a celebrity. Stop trying to be relatable because at the end of the day, you're not. So anyway, Jennifer Lawrence used to be that person. I think she kind of took a break and, you know, I'm glad she's back. I think she's a terrific actress, a star, and absolutely gorgeous. But... (laughs) She's also a crazy Housewives fan. She loves Real Housewives and Bravo. And in this press tour, she called Erica Jane evil and advised her to get a publicist. And I have been waiting for Erica to respond. Like, I haven't seen anything online of Erica doing a tweet, um, subtweet even, an Instagram story, nothing about this. So she was on Watch What Happens Live on Wednesday night after the episode. And unfortunately, she was on with Michael Rappaport, um, who I find to be so scary. And whenever I see that he like likes or comments on any of my stuff, I always get like really nervous because um, he's just like that kind of personality. Anyway, so she responded last night on Watch What Happens Live. And she said that if Jennifer Lawrence was around these women – on this show and had to film and like do all of this, that her true colors would also come out. Like the mask would fall basically. And it was like, she said it with a straight fucking face. And I gotta be honest. I got a little bit of a chill because Erica is chilling just in general. She's very much like, you know, the ice queen. Um, so yeah, she also gave some reunion tea this week. Uh, this week on Watch What Happens Live, she said that her and Andy were talking about it, that no, there was no group hug at the end. No one hugged anybody. They just all walked off the set separately. There was no group picture, which they always do at the end, which I love to dissect the body language every single time because they did one. I remember um, there was the one for New Jersey and like Marge, I think it was like Marge, and Teresa, it was like Dolores and Jennifer. One of them like would not touch the other one. Like their arms were just down. And I just, I love that. Um, Eric also said that family dynamics kind of blew up. A lot of things were said. A lot of things, you know, came to light. Um, and a lot of show went down basically. So without further ado, let's get into the Real Housewives of Atlanta. It was the first part reunion. I have to tell you, Andy Cohen loves no one more than he loves the Atlanta women. Like he is so footloose and fancy free when he bounces in to these rooms. Like I've never, I never see him do this with anybody else. Like he is excited. He's ready to go. He's doing the like the thing Santa does. Like he's, he loves them. He cherishes them. He even is like Marlo. Like this is the Marlo that I know with candy. He walks in and he's like legs and hips. And like, he's just fucking excited. And that makes me so excited. And honestly, no one does a reunion like the women of Atlanta. Like, so here are my top looks. So number one, I have to say Kenya Summermore. Kenya is so striking And what I really want to get, like, drive this point home to everyone listening is these women really look like this in real life. These women are beautiful. I know that, like, you probably get that from the show. But, like, in real life, for example, at BravoCon, like, breathtaking. When Kenya Moore walked on the stage of BravoCon last time, my jaw fell to the floor. 
And so her walking in with this Renaissance hair, the brute, like her boobs, her bosom could save a nation. I got to be 100% honest. I couldn't stop staring at her breasts. And I think that she would like it that way. Like, you know, I think she would love that. Um, Also, Sheree is coming in at my number two. Just a classic Sheree look. I find Sheree to be absolutely gorgeous. Um, Her body is sick. Those her arms. I'm sorry, Michelle Obama, but she takes the cake here. Number three, I say Marlo. In my opinion, Marlo never misses because there's such a thoughtful um ex it's like thoughtfully executed. Like there's a whole she's got a mood. You know, this bitch has a mood board. She's got a mood board. She does trial, <laughs> trial runs, I'm sure. Like she really, really takes time to putting a look together. So that's why she's my number three. She is actually one of my top favorite reunion looks of all time when she was in this like light eastery purple tool type of dress like a few seasons ago. It was so fucking stunning. Um, number four, Candy. She's glowing. And what I love about Candy is that she commits to the silhouette. Like she knows what works on her body. It's very Sofia Vergara where they just wear the same silhouette over and over and over again, but it always looks good. So I can't even be mad. Um, Drew is giving coral reef. Um, I'm not sure what the spikes um, are doing, but she's absolutely gorgeous. And Sanya, I have to say, I hate this look. Hate, hate, hate. She looks like an ice skater and I found it to be horrible. And I think she's a beautiful woman and someone did her dirty. Someone on her team hates her and said that this was okay. Because let me tell you, it's not okay. It's like a one side. It looked like two different dresses just sewn together. It it was bad. Anyway, so that's what I have to say about their looks Now, let's get into the actual meat of the episode. There was a lot that was covered. I might get choked up when we start talking about Marlo, I got to tell you, because that girl had me me crying, had Chris Lewis crying. He was texting me. He goes, Sam, I can't stop. Retire your overplayed playlist. You'll never hear the same mix twice on AMP. AMP is a free live radio app where anyone can hop on the mic and play the music they love. So you can discover new-to-you playlists as they're made. Download AMP. That's A-M-P in the App Store. Your lips can do a whole lot more than kiss. Your lips express love and speak your truth. Plump your lips with Juvederm Volbella XE or Juvederm Ultra XE for natural-looking results that are completely and uniquely you. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XE or Juvederm Ultra XE. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. And okay, one thing to know about me is I'm a crier. I I also this is also something I didn't know about myself until recently because like my boyfriend likes to say 90% of like I'm self-aware like 
And he goes, but that 10% is like, like fucking clueless. He's like, it's like, you've never met yourself. He's like, it's really wild. He's like, because you're so self-aware when it comes to 90% of who you are, but he goes, that 10% really, really gets you. (laughs) And I'm like, no, I know. Because for example, I thought I was type A my entire life, just discovered a few months ago, I'm type B. I think I talked about it on this podcast. Not really sure if I did, but you know, I really came to this conclusion because then I, I met people that are really type A and I'm like, oh, I'm nothing like that. Like that's fucking crazy. Um, and another thing that I discovered recently is that I am a crier. I like to pretend I'm not. I like tell people I'm not a crier. I tell people I'm not emotional. Guys, I'm a fucking mess. I, I teared up thinking about Oprah the other day. Nothing happened. She, I wasn't even watching the Emmys when this happened. I was simply working and just thought about her and started cr- teared up. I couldn't help myself. It's really, it's real. I'm a fucking mess. I cried this morning. I've, I'm just, I'm all over the place. Anyways, let's get into it and stop talking about me. Um, we have to talk about who the bone collector is because I feel like there's some mis. I feel like there's something missing here. I don't think the bone collector is Drew. I just don't. I don't think she's a bone collector. Um, I think maybe she was before we met Sanya. But I think Sanya is taking the bone collector crown. I mean, no one will – will. let's see. Let's Okay, let me rephrase. Sheree is the queen bone collector, and Sanya is the princess, and Drew is like the duchess of bone collecting. They're – they're all doing it, but they do it in a different way than one another. But Sheree is obviously the best. Um, and something that was really making me laugh during the entire episode, and they kind of kept playing it up a little bit, which I really enjoyed, was the birds chirping. I couldn't take it. Every time it happened, I just – it gave me a giggle. It was a lightness. I mean, even when Kenya was talking – to Marlo, like you could hear the birds in the background chirping. It was very rainforest cafe. Um, the whole episode, you know, it was just, it was, uh, it was so funny. I just thought of T'Challa the whole time. May he rest. Um, if you don't remember who that is, it's Monique's bird who passed, um, unfortunately. And, you know, T'Challa walked so these parakeets could run and God bless them. Um, we finally get into the Sanya and Drew feud, which I really appreciated this insight because I didn't really get what the problem was for like most of the season. I was like, I don't, what is the real issue here? And I really, really appreciated Sanya explaining her side of the story because she explained it in such a way where I found it like really helpful. I found it refreshing. Uh, because I see this happen with a lot of housewives is like a housewife brings another woman on and then they become enemies. And I've never really understood that. And then Sanya was like, no, no, no. Like, let me explain this. So this is kind of what she said. Like the gist basically is that she loved Drew. She's like, this is the Drew I thought I knew. This is who I thought I was friends with. And she goes, but then you become this other person and you say like, all these things that you don't like about the other women, but she's like, but I'm watching you. And it's like, but that's you, like you're the one doing it. So I think the cameras really bring out maybe a different side of Drew than Sanya was ever used to. And that was probably very jarring and shocking for her. 
Um, I mean, we saw this kind of with Ashley and Candace in Potomac. You know, she brought her on. They're no longer friends or, you know, they were enemies for a long time. We see it a lot. Um, And I really just appreciated that because I feel like there was, I was like, I just don't get what the problem is. Like, what is the issue? And Sanya kind of, she didn't fully break the fourth wall, but I feel like she, you know, at least, you know, put in a window in the wall. Like it was, you could kind of understand like what she was, what she was getting at the whole time. And when she said that, (laughs) that Drew will only be able, and this is her words, only be able to accomplish mediocrity at best. I screamed. I screamed because that is so (laughs) fucked up. It's so mean. If someone said that to me, (laughs) I'm laughing because it's so horrible. But that's why I watch Housewives because I I could never like live in this world ever. People ask, you know, that's always like one of the questions people ask is like, if you could be on any show on Bravo, what would you do? I'm like, none of it. I would never, ever, ever, ever do this. Um, but yeah, if someone ever said to me, you'll only accomplish mediocrity at best, I, I would drill myself into the ground. Like I would be a puddle, but that is why I'm not doing this and they are. And Sanya, I mean, those are fighting words and I loved it because it's like, you're not going to come at a woman who has multiple gold medals from the fucking Olympics when it's like Drew, I mean, you know, she wasn't in like an Oscar winning film. She hasn't been, you know, we have to be serious here. She was in step up like, okay. Anyway, one thing that I found really funny and it's so charade and it's so, it's so housewives. And this is, this is something that I love is that the doubling down and not paying people is a really wild choice. <laughs> and Sheree really was going there. She was like, listen, why would I pay someone if I don't like the work they do? And Andy is looking at her like, Sheree, that is not how this works. Like you have to pay people despite you not liking the, the work they do. And so when Kenya was trying to explain to Sheree this whole situation, Andy was just smirking from ear to ear like the whole time because he find he finds this shit so entertaining. I'm telling you, he loves the Atlanta women more than anybody else. Uh, because there's also such like a lightness to them, even when it's really heavy. Like they are able to giggle. And I mean, the shade that Kenya threw <laughs> threw at Sheree when she was like, you know, I don't really go for looks. And Kenya so fast. I mean, like these women are so quick just goes, yeah, we all met Bob. I, I was like, oh my fucking God, I die for them. I do. Like these are, this is why this franchise is usually the number one in ratings. And also the reason why I fell in love with housewives. Like this is, this is why, because that would never fucking happen on another show. And the fact that Sheree laughed about it, could you imagine if that was Beverly Hills, that would be next season storyline. That they would never ever let that go. Like if you said Tom, if you, like if Erica was like, yeah, I don't really go for looks, and someone's like, yeah, we've seen Tom. I don't think Erica would take that well, despite the fact that he is literally putting her through legal hell with all the stuff going on. So that really got me good. 
Um, and this idea that she's dating this guy, Martel, from, you know, a different reality show. Ugh, he doesn't sound like a good guy. As Patty Stanger would say, she doesn't have a good picker. She just doesn't. And I don't think they're, they're going to be serious. I really don't. I hope she's not just doing this to, like, have a storyline for next season. Because I think Sheree deserves a king. Despite the fact that she's selling um, wrinkled T-shirts for $142 um, with emojis on them. I mean, it's questionable, but it is who she is. And Andy was like, listen, you you had the fashions. There was a fashion show with fashions. And we should all be proud of her for that. Um, so let's talk about Marlo because this was really heartbreaking, devastating, um, really emotional, very raw. And I know Marlo's not listening to this podcast, obviously, but she is. I just want her to know that like she is loved and people do care about her. And I think that that's really the biggest thing with Marlo is that she just wants to feel loved and she wants to feel protected. And it really, really broke my heart when she was explaining to Andy about her past because the women gave her a lot of um, – flack for how she handled the whole Michael situation with her nephews. And I think, yeah, it wasn't the best decision that she made, but it was, it was a learning experience for her. She's never, she doesn't she's never had a child. Like she's really doing her best. And I also think she was very triggered because as she explained, when she was 10 years old, her mom beat her. Like she had a really rough childhood and she told her brother that she was, you know, I think like going to school or it was something like that. And she packed her bags and she ran away from home. And I think seeing her nephews change their behavior after they got off the phone with their mom, who they have a very complicated relationship with, I think that triggered something inside of her. And she probably was like, I want to get rid of them before they can get rid of me in a sense. Like she didn't, she didn't know what to do. And I feel like in that moment, I wish that she had friends to lean on that could have maybe helped her. Um, And maybe she didn't feel comfortable coming to the other one with that, but I don't know. But the story that she told about going to five foster homes um, from the ages of like 10 to 18 was really devastating and she was getting really emotional and so sad. And she's like, her biggest insecurity is feeling like she doesn't belong and people being able, people not allowing her to run in certain circles because of her past and because of her childhood and things that she's gone through. And when she went around and gave all the women their flowers, like I was a wreck. I I could cry right now. It was so emotional. She was like, you know, I never thought that I'd be sitting here. She looked at Andy. She was like with a media mogul and then Sheree, the woman that started this franchise. And then Kenya's Miss America, a Grammy winner, Candy, like a gold medalist. Like these women are fucking accomplished women. And she feels like she doesn't belong there. And so when anyone reminds her of that, I think that really – breaks her heart and she goes for the jugular and says fucked up shit and it's not right but I think her explaining that and that vulnerability really was really nice and I wish Kenya maybe gave her a little bit more grace um in that moment 
So yeah, I can't wait for next, uh, the next episode, the next reunion. It will be great. Um, I just, I love these women. I really, really do. And yeah. Okay, guys, let's get into Real Houses of Beverly Hills. Let me start by saying this was the best episode I've seen come from Beverly Hills in a long, long time. And I'm not saying that the other episodes aren't good um, or that last season, for example, wasn't incredible because I think it was. Last season was truly must-watch TV. I sat on the fucking couch Every week at Wednesday, I had my special little dinner that I would I would make for myself. Like it was like my fucking night. So with that said, what I loved about this episode so much was that everyone was fucking working. Everyone was clocked in. Everyone was ready to go. Um, except Sheree. I don't understand wh- what's going on there. She literally contributes nothing to the group. Um, But anyway, let's stay to the positive, Sam. Stay to the positive. Um, It was so dynamic, like this episode. Like everyone was, you know, there was like alliances are shifting, being put to the side. Things, you know, are kind of melting down. Facades are falling. It was so good. There was not a single point in the episode where I was bored. I didn't go up, you know, I didn't get up to like grab something to drink during it. Like I was glued to the TV. I felt like how probably my parents felt like when Johnny Carson was on, you know, like you, you really were watching every second. And there were so many good little moments, like good one-on-ones between unexpected people. Like there was Dorit and Kyle, Dorit and Crystal, Crystal and Erica, Erica and Kyle. Like there was a lot of moving parts. Oh, there was, there was Rena and Kathy, like so fucking much. And we got so much quote unquote clarity, um, somewhat on the whole Aspen trip. What's to come. We have like, we laid the groundwork. We're ready to fucking go. I was just riveted by this episode. Like it starts with Erica fleeing in the night, like the fucking Hamburglar. And Dorit is helping her pack her shit from Kyle's to go to the hotel with Diana. That is crazy. The fact that Dorit was helping Erica pack up her shit to get out without saying anything to Kyle was kind of a snake move in my opinion. Dorit, I love, 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 but I fully acknowledge that she would be a hard person to be friends with um, because I just – I think she always has the right intention, but there's – she never really, like, delivers it in that way. Like, it's always a little fuzzy, a little foggy, you know, um, because she should have told Kyle, but she didn't want the confrontation, so she just didn't tell her. And that was not the right move because now Kyle's even more upset and I feel for Kyle because I think Kyle's an incredibly, incredibly sensitive person. And I know that I'm literally not reinventing the wheel when I say that. But I think it she's just really emotional and sensitive about, like, having people in her home, showing them a good time. I mean, I feel the same way about things. Like, for example, a few years ago, I rented this house up in, like, Leelanau, which is, like, the up north in Michigan on a lake. It was, like, really beautiful for my birthday. And, um, I had all my friends come and I made sure like everything was planned to the fucking T and people still tell me they're like, Sam, that is like literally one of the best trips I've ever had. And I'm like, 
thank you so much. Um, but I had like the winery sweat, but I of course felt so much pressure that to have everyone have fun and everyone, you know, participate in things, be excited. Like, of, you know what I mean? Like, so I felt for her. And then she has this whole like blow up with Erica, one of her friends, one of her close friends. And then Dorit helps her move in the night. Like, that's really devastating. And I would be, I would feel the same way. I would be crying too. Um, when Kyle cries a lot, I relate to that. Cause you know, like I said earlier in this podcast, I'm a fucking <sighs> emotional mess. And yeah, wow. It was, <laughs> it was really something. And Kyle does have a shopping addiction, right? Like this needs to be addressed at some point. It's very, very strange. I've noticed it for seasons now. Like, do you remember a few seasons ago when she got that watch delivered to her? Like, basically, Postmates a watch, like a Rolex to her table. She's just someone that loves, loves, loves to shop. And I, again, relate to that. I mean, I'm not buying Rolexes. I'm literally on Poshmark, like, praying for the best. Um, seeing what I can, you know, get a deal because I love a deal love 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 and I'll tell everybody about it if I buy a dress on sale you're gonna fucking know about it anyway and so it's really kind of funny watching her like shop because all of these women obviously have so much money but even they acknowledge that Kyle loves to buy shit they're like Crystal was like you really love to buy and Sutton was like yeah she's a shopper (laughs) like that's why this woman had a fucking store do you think she was selling anything no it was literally just for herself because she's always buying a ton of things. And I just find that to be really, I wonder what's really going on there because I feel like in the very early seasons, she wasn't like that. But now that Mauricio obviously is making like way more money than he ever has, I feel like, you know, she's, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to psychoanalyze, but you get what I'm saying. Um, And they're all kind of hanging out the store. And then meanwhile, Well, first, let me just say they all go to – I'm, like, getting ahead of myself here because it's just, like, so much happened. Like, normally it's, like, okay, like, this, this, whatever. But this is, like, every fucking scene was, like, something was going down. So the girls minus Diana, Erica, and Dorit all go to this, like, coffee shop. And they're all sitting there, and they get the news that Erica's case was dismissed in Chicago. Now, let me just say the lovely woman at the Bravo docket who I'm obsessed with because they break – everything down for you if you guys don't listen to that podcast or follow them on instagram you absolutely fucking should because they explain things in ways for us dum-dums to like (laughs) to understand what is really going on because i have to be honest and i this shouldn't be a shock to anybody i don't know what the fuck is going on (laughs) like i get that erica is being sued for this that and whatever but like what does that really mean to me like so they really really help explain it and they posted they said just because the case is dismissed doesn't mean that these people can't refile. So it's not a win. Erica didn't win her, you know, this fight. She, it was just dismissed. Um, and in Chicago, so they could refile it in California is what they're saying. And Kyle explains to the group, like, I'm really hurt by Erica. She needs to show compassion. And it was so fucking nice to see Rinna away from Erica's asshole to talk about this because Rinna even said like 
I don't understand why she can't show compassion for, for the victims. Like, er, like Rin is even like, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Many of us are already planning our New Year's resolutions to work out more in 2023. But let's face it, they rarely stick. Well, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, cycling shoes, heart rate monitors, and more with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Don't wait. Get this offer before it ends on December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. And so I'm really glad that we had that little tiny conversation before they got to the store where they all bought $500 cowboy hats, um, which I got to tell you guys, they looked fucking great in them. Rinna, Rinna's head holds a cowboy hat so beautifully. That big old melon, like I don't, I think a cowboy hat wouldn't really work for me because I have a little bit of, um, I got a small head, but I got a big face. You know what I'm saying? Um, where like one of my really good friends, she claims to have a big head, but her face is so small that I have my suspicions and yeah, I just don't think a cowboy hat would be the right fit for me. But I'm sure that that um, hat maker would come up with something very beautiful for my little tiny head, big face situation. And they're all like having a good time. They really are. They are enjoying themselves. It was interesting to see Kyle away from most of the, you know, the other half of the Fox Force, whatever they want to call themselves. (laughs) I want to know where that name comes from because it's fucking stupid. Um. Because she had to latch on to a different group. She had to make nice with the other group, with the Sutton and Crystal and Garcelle. And I just found that to be a very interesting change in dynamic. And she's wondering, like, you know, where is Dorit? Where is my friend? Where is my bestie? Because I do think out of all of these women, Kyle and Dorit are the closest. Um, Because their husbands are best friends or really good friends at least. And they have a real friendship. Now, when they cut to Dorit and Erica and Diana at the table, ordering their martinis and margaritas and the vodka soda with the carcass not out, which was Erica's mistake, um, they act like they act like this is the most complicated drink in history. It's literally lemons and vodka, like. Why is this so hard to understand? When Dorit was like, yeah, PK can't even get my drink right. It's like, okay, well, that's really weird because it seems pretty simple to me. Anyways, um, I like that Erica acknowledged that Kyle and Dorit really do have this real friendship. And she was like, no, like you guys need to make this right. Like this does bum me out that you guys are fighting. But also like the fact that no one has even said a word to me about my case being dismissed. It's like, I think Erica is under so much fucking pressure that it's truly a survival tactic for her. She can't think about anything else. And that is really what she got to the, to the bottom of this episode that I actually, I, I don't necessarily obviously agree with everything that she does and says. I don't think she handles herself in a manner that's appropriate a lot of times when it comes to the situation. But I do think that, you know, she, she has a point like, what do they fucking want from her? Because I am sure that her lawyers are advising her 
to not say anything. Don't give the earrings back. Be fucking quiet. Like, because it's not just one lawsuit. There's so many coming for her that I kind of understand where she's coming from. And that's very, I found that very enlightening because she was like, you know, I can't think about anybody else right now. Like I'm trying to fucking get through this. I'm trying to put one foot in front of the other. And I, if that makes me come across cold, it is literally what I have to do to do this. And again, I like that Kyle was basically like, I don't agree with that totally, but I have to respect that because you are my friend. Um, that was like later on in the episode, which we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, I just thought that that was really, really interesting. And I didn't totally disagree with her, which was a strange feeling because uh, I've basically been disagreeing with her for like a year and a half. Um, yeah, because I've never really liked Erica. But anyway, then the women go to this like saloon or somewhere. I, I couldn't ever figure out like where these women were going or what they were doing. They were they just seemed to be in like sat like some, you know, dark dungeon hat maker welder facility that happened to have a bar and I let me just say I know we love Kathy Hilton okay she makes us laugh she's quirky she's all of these things but subtle she is not and I get it if I was another if I was another woman on the show and this bitch kept literally doing an infomercial for her tequila every fucking time we were together, I would be annoyed too. And I think a lot of the frustration honestly probably comes from behind the scenes because if you guys remember, Kathy didn't agree to sign on for a while to the show to come back. Like she wanted a bigger paycheck. There was a big you know, remember hub, what do people call it? The hullabaloo or the hubbabaloo or something um, about her not coming back. So then for her to finally make a return to finally agree to film. And you're like, guys, look at my tequila. It's delicious. It's what I am working on. It's like, what the fuck? Shut up. I'd be like, can you just engage with the group naturally? Because you sound crazy. So then when she looked at everybody and said, guys, did you know that they have my tequila here? It's like, yeah, you just gave it to them. I did agree with Rena. I'm sorry. It's unpopular opinion alert. I agree with her and I'd be like, are you fucking, do you think we're stupid? Like, I understand that we've been to 40 Rena Buda parties beauty parties. Uh, we've been to the Rena Rose. Like I get that, but that's a moment. Those are parties. She's not doing, you know, standing there with the bottle. Like, you know, she's on HSN. It, I, I got, I got it. But what Rena, when Rena said, basically ignored Kathy and said, we're not doing that, Kath. Like we're not drinking that. Cause also like, is it even good? You know, I don't know. Um, fun fact, Kathy's team did email me and they wanted to send me a bottle of her tequila. And I, I ignored it because I, not because like, I don't want to support Kathy, but I also just don't want a bottle of tequila because I'm not going to drink it anyway. Um, I ignore a lot of emails. I really need to be better at that. Um, I don't know what that says about me, but, um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. Rinna ordering my friend, quote unquote, my friend, Kendall Jenner's 818 tequila was 
so fucking petty and I was living for it because the drama that ensued was delicious, delectable. I couldn't get enough. I was like, fuck yes, this is the petty drama I live for, people. This is what I want from them. I, I, don't, I don't want the heaviness. I don't. I'm so tired. I'm tired of the heaviness. I want them to fight about tequila and to watch Kathy slowly unravel in that saloon over Rena not ordering the tequila and then somehow making it Kyle's problem and being like, Kyle's not defending me. I was like, wait a minute, Kath. Like, what is Kyle supposed to do? What do you want from her? Kyle to me is sometimes put in a really hard position. And I get that they're sisters. And I've obviously talked about this on the podcast where I think with Kim, she kind of like really put Kim's business out there in like a really not cool way. Um, but yeah, wow. It was really something. And then to hear Kathy like mimic Lisa Rinna's voice, like my friend Kendall Jenner's 818. I died laughing because it was just like, these fucking women are so ridiculous. And I loved it so fucking much. And then in another crazy scene, turn of events, Dorit and Kyle start going at it. They're, they're getting into it. Kyle hangs up on her um, FaceTime call. Dorit's like, oh, fuck. Like, she's mad at me. And Erica's like, go. This is your friend. And she's like, no, this is crazy. And then they get to the house. And then they just start fighting. And Dorit is like, Kyle, please. And Dorit or Kyle unleashes on her. Like, dumps all of her fucking problems onto Dorit. Mauricio somehow comes out of the fucking woodwork. I don't know where he was hiding. But suddenly he's there and he's telling the women to calm down and to be like, you guys love each other. The guys love to do this. When girls are fighting, They lo- got- men love to jump in and be like, you guys love each other. It's like, can you get the fuck away from us? Like, we're talking right now. But he tried to like get them to calm down, patch things up, try to make the trip fun. Kyle's truly was literally how I was this morning, like uncontrollably sobbing. And she just needed a sex. She needed a sex. She wasn't going to go, um, you know, to the dinner at this stream. <laughs> Again, another dungeon. Um, and they all go to this dungeon, um, this like basement bar. Um, and they're all hanging out, all taking it. You know, they're all drinking. They all got their little hats on. They're all, you know, looking fun and cute and spunky. And there was so much happening. Like there was so many little arguments and little moments that it reminded me of like an old episode of Real Houses of New York. Like when Heather and Ramona would go at it, but then Ramona and Aviva would like be friends and then Heather and Aviva would fight. Like it, it reminded me of that. And when Crystal and Erica start arguing and Crystal just holds her fucking own, I, I stood up and clapped. I'm not even lying. I was so happy. I'm like, this is, she's that bitch. Crystal is that fucking bitch. She just gets under Erica's skin so bad. And Erica can't take it because there's such a power in the way Crystal delivers her lines. Not saying that she rehearses them, but I'm just saying in the way that she just delivers her wor- in her words. Or, yeah, you guys get what I'm saying. 
that Erica, it, it takes Erica's walls down. It like it, she's, she can't react in any other way other than just be nasty. And that's what she did. She was super fucking nasty to her. And Crystal's like, why am I always, why are you yelling at me when we all feel this way? And it's, it was so good. And then Crystal and Dorit, (gasps) that was just unexpected. I loved it. My friends and I were texting the whole time and we were like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, Crystal and Dorit, Crystal and Dorit, because that is such a strange, um, like fight they're in. Not strange. Okay. I take that back. It's not strange. It's not a strange fight. It's like these two people that you just wouldn't expect it from. It was kind of random, um, are arguing about Erica and he just was like, guys, we were getting it from all angles. And I, Kyle shows up again. And you know, it, it was just so fucking good. It was, the episode was so good. And then it ends. And I'm telling you, I got full chills all over my body when they were on their way to the caribou club and Kathy Hilton was like, oh, will I get let in? Will I get let in? Because she was in her, these like army sweatpants, jeggings type of vibe. She was not dressed appropriately for this caribou club that Kyle belongs. And she's like, will I get in? Will I get in? And Rena's like, yeah, 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 you're fine. And then the, then the words come up on the screen. And it's like three hours later. And it was like very SpongeBob. And it's like we see the text from Rinna being like, Kathy lost her mind in the sprinter van. Again, another moment for the sprinter van. We've been, they've been serving us well in the Bravo Cinematic Universe. And um, then we get and about how she went off about Kyle and said nasty shit about her sister. And like that flashes on the screen. And then all of a sudden, then you see this the text from Kathy, and it's like, I'm staying silent silence is golden or like something like that about being quiet like not talking about what had happened and you fucking know that that's coming because of the for like the trailer you know that Rinna tells Kathy like you said stuff about Kyle and you need to talk about it like I can't go on with this like secret it was so dramatic I can't wait to watch the episode again I've already watched it two or three times um maybe two and a half times so I can't wait to like sit down and watch it all the way through again without any interruptions because it was just so good like the text message is so damning and to hear then Erica and Andy Cohen be like yeah the family dynamics like really like things went fucking down with them so it's like whoa like what did Kathy say on that van I pray to God, and I know that they're not going to be mic'd, but I wish that they were. I wish that there was a mic. Someone accidentally left it on in the van. I want someone to have voice memoed it. You know, you know, Heather DeBro would have. Heather DeBro would have got that got that phone out and recorded the whole fucking thing because she's a fucking professional. But it, I mean, maybe the things she was saying were really that nasty. I don't know, but I can't wait. And. Again, 10 out of 10 episode for Real Houses of Beverly Hills. I would give the Atlanta reunion a 7.5 out of 10. But their 7.5 is like an orange – like is any other franchise's 10. You know what I'm saying? Um, Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So much, so much to unpack. Um, okay. 
So that's that. I will leave you guys alone now and I will see you guys next week. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe if you ever listen to podcasts. And please leave a positive review. Don't talk about my voice. It's just not kind. Um, and yeah, love you all. Uh, and I will see you guys later. Bye. Ahora Media Production.